Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Rich or Miss, episode 96. Hey, Richards, it's Monday morning, and I'm so, so happy to be here with you again. Don't forget that we are starting on Sundays, so I guess my Monday mornings are brighter than yours. But I hope this episode will help you to start the week. This is our 96th episode, and we are planning for you some great things towards our 100th episode. In the meantime, go to richomis.com. You will find there a lot of blog posts and other earlier episodes. And you might also like to download one of my free guides, the mini online course of choosing the best name and logo for your business or the guide of the seven elements that will help any entrepreneur to generate more revenues and become a leading brand, or the six proven steps to create, present, and convince investors in your go-to-market strategy. As for today's episode, I believe you would love this episode with Brian Hart. I did. Because besides his entrepreneurial fast success story, he gives some excellent information and tips regarding SEO and PR in a slightly different way than you can usually find or even than I heard before. So enjoy this episode and I'll meet you next Monday. Bye. Brian Hurt, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi. Well, thanks. Thank you so much for having me on today. It's my pleasure, and I was waiting for this conversation. I just shared with our audience what you've done until now, and I would like to ask you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today, and where are you heading? Absolutely. So so I started my public relations and digital marketing agency, Flackable, about five years ago. Um, Prior to starting this, I was working for a large public relations agency in New York, and I got a, a LinkedIn message yeah. um, from a company interested in finding new public relations representation. We connected on the phone. We clicked. And I had been sitting on a business plan for a few months um, yeah. prior to connecting with them. I knew at some point I would take the leap and start my own business. I thought I was probably a year or so away from making that a reality. but. Once things clicked, I decided to uh, uh, quit my job, uh, start working with them, and, and, and go all in. It sounds so great because usually it doesn't often happen that somebody is just uh, connecting with us and asking to work directly with us. How did it happen? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, I'd, I'd always built a big brand for myself. So the way that they found me, I, I was by no means out there looking for business. I was working at this agency and, and, and I was fairly happy there and definitely happy with the experience that I was gaining. 
uh, I just had a slightly different vision. And when they found me from writing some of the things or reading some of the things I'd written online, uh, we just clicked and it felt right. And I went for it. And so fast forward five years and now uh, I have I'm growing a team here. I work with a team of about 10. We're located in Center City, Philadelphia. We represent clients from Miami to Los Angeles and a lot of places in between. Um, And and we're absolutely in growth mode and we've experienced a lot of recent growth and we're looking to continue that trend as we go forward. Sounds great. And what would you say how your agency is unique? Yeah, so we're unique in a few ways. You know, five years ago when I started it, there were a lot traditional public relations agencies out there. Um, Social media marketing was really back then. In, in some industries, it had already been pretty well established, but I've specialized in working with financial services firms, both in my previous job and, and now with my current agency. Okay. And these agencies catering to financial services firms were very late to adapt to, to social media and, and just new media in general. So I saw that as a big opportunity and a big way to distinguish us as not just a traditional public relations agency. Those already existed, and there were a lot that that were very good at what they did. We brought it all together by not just being a PR vendor, but by being a true strategic partner and and one that, that had fully integrated services that capitalized on new emerging technologies in order to help our clients build their credibility, relevancy, and, and, and overall influence. And that's what it takes to build business these days. And that's why our message resonates so much with our customers. If you're talking about technology, what is the technology that you use most regarding the PR, regarding public relations? Yeah, so on the PR side of things, um, we utilize technology in just identifying influencers, reporters, the media, um, who are the right fit for our clients, who are looking for experts just like our clients. Um, So we use technology to expedite that process of identifying them, researching them, and getting them connected with our clients to create mutually beneficial relationships. You know, you've got media professionals out there who are, a lot of these newsrooms are getting cut back due, due to the emergence of, of online media. Um, so they are working on, within smaller teams largely, um, but expected to produce a lot more content because they have a constant need and demand for online content. Yeah. Um, and on the other side, you have our clients who are the experts with story ideas to help make these reporters' jobs easier and who can produce content with our help and get it published and help them meet their their content demands. Um, So, you know, those are a few ways that we we capitalize on these technology trends in order to create these mutually beneficial relationships between the media and our clients. Now, the other side of it, and this is very closely related to public relations, is search engine optimization. I see search engine optimization as one of the biggest opportunities for these small to mid-sized financial firms we work with right now. Financial services is notoriously late to adopt to new marketing trends and technology uh, when it comes to marketing. 
so while a lot of other industries like real estate, retail, and, and so forth have been all over SEO yeah. and, and, and been investing in boosting their search ranking and, and increasing their online visibility, these financial firms are just starting to figure it out. So I've invested a lot of time, money, training into building out our search engine optimization um, um, offering, um, and that's heavily backed by, by, by the technology we license. Hmm. And you're an entrepreneur yourself. You opened this uh, agency and you're doing things a bit different. And I want to ask you, what will be your best advice to any entrepreneur about approaching your customers or customer focus, marketing and sales? Because, you know, this podcast is, most of it is about customer focus. It's something that it seems that most entrepreneurs are lacking in some ways. And I want to ask you what would be your best advice to them? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the first thing is know who your customer base is and who your target market is and identify their pain points. That's how you create a brand and a message and a vision that's really going to resonate with them is to identify those pain points, have some empathy for them. I mean, really put yourself in their shoes and whatever problem that is that, that they're facing. That's how you create, that's how you invent creative solutions for them and how you, how you can put out either a product or a service that's going to interest them and, and, th- and that's going to help them succeed and meet their own goals. Okay. And you said two things. So the first one is know who your customer is. And the second one was to actually find the sympathy. That's exactly right. I mean, once you uncover the pain points that they experience on a regular basis, that's how you can both optimize your product and service, but also create messaging that's going to resonate with them. You talked about, um, actually, you talked about being human, I think, but uh, you talked about looking for the needs and the pains of your customers or what exactly do they need. Um, Sometimes we tend to think that when we talk about financial services, things are a bit more cynical or there's no place for uh, more empathy. What would you say about that? Yeah, well, I mean, as far as our clients go and, and, and the PR work that we do with them, um, you know, th- there is a little bit of what I said about how businesses should approach their customers. And, and, and that's how we approach new customers ourselves. We know what their struggles are, their pain points are. We help them overcome that. We also help our customers do that with their clients. And for financial services, that can be a little bit tricky. You know, when 2008 happened and, sure. you know, we, we saw, you know, a worldwide uh, impact of the economic uh, really collapse. Um, people lost trust in the big banks yeah. and people lost trust in institutions. So helping our clients distinguish themselves from that and build that trust is absolutely important. And we do that by tapping into, you, you know, the not just the um, rational part of their prospective clients' brains, but the emotional part of it. Money is an emotional thing hmm. for most people. It is. <laughs> Yeah, so we can make logical points that we want all, all, all day, but the way that you win their trust and win their business is by making those emotional pleas, and that's what we help them do. And um, I know you've got a lot of successes, and we'll get to that in a minute, but I would like to ask you, what is your biggest, most critical failure with customers? 
the one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most? Yeah, that's a great question. So this <laughs> came from my my previous agency that that I worked with and and it was a big lesson and really it was a lesson that helped to form the identity and the dynamic of our customer relationships now with my new venture. Hmm. Um and that is understanding that when a client hires a consultant whether that's a public relations consultant, an accounting expert, a lawyer, a real estate agent, you know, whoever that whatever type of professional that might be, they don't want that person asking them questions necessarily. I mean, yes, you need to ask questions, but they don't want the customer doesn't want to be driving the strategy themselves. They okay. want assertive advice from this person yeah. who should be the expert. And that was something young early in my career when I was at my old agency. Early on, um, I found myself doing that, asking clients questions that I had no business asking them. I should have been making assertive recommendations rather than asking them what they wanted to do. Um, and you know, I saw it with myself. I saw it with some of my colleagues back then. Um, and I saw the rifts that it can form in the client relationship. So when I went off on my own, uh, it was very important for me to make sure that we never fell into that type of client um, dynamic with my new venture. And one of our main key philosophies here is that we don't ask our clients what they want. We tell them what they need, and that's exactly what they want. And I have that on my website, and you wouldn't believe how many prospective customers and new clients, when I first start talking to them, how many of them mentioned that specific part of my website and said mm -hmm. that was one of the biggest things that made them pick up the phone and want to call me because that was so refreshing to see something like that where they don't need to drive the strategy. They know they're not public relations experts. That's why they're calling me. Sure. And uh, do you have any specific example? Not with names, of course, but uh, how did you figure it out and what didn't work there? How did you know that it's not working anymore? Yes. So, so at my previous agency, there was a, a, a specific moment I absolutely remember um, where a colleague of mine, uh, it was an exciting account that we were working on and fairly new. And a colleague of mine, uh, he and I were on a strategy call with them. They had a big announcement coming up, very exciting press release. We had some sp specific media outlets we knew we absolutely wanted to get this covered by. Yeah. So when we were talking with the client about who should reach out to this one particular outlet, the client brought up that, you know, they had somewhat of a relationship with one of the editors. Yeah. Um, and my colleague said, okay, well, do you guys want to reach out to them? And the client, I, I could tell they were off put by yeah. that, but they said, I guess. Um, I had a gut feeling that was the wrong move. Yeah. Um, I didn't speak up and I regret not speaking up. Um, but two weeks later, that client came back after, you know, you know, that, that exchange, um, and, and decided that, that they just weren't getting the value from the relationship that they had expected. Mm. 
Um, and very much when that exchange went down, I almost felt in the back of my mind that that could have been a fatal mistake that we made as far as the relationship goes. And, and two weeks later, it proved to be one. Hmm. I, I want to tell you that I really love this example because one of the things that I talk a lot, I, I see that everywhere and I see, especially I see a lot of designers are doing that. It's sometimes much easier to ask the customer what they want because it, it, will, be, it will be much faster and we'll go to the colors that they want. Sometimes people even ask what fonts do they want in their, you know, materials or marketing materials. Just um, because it's easier not to uh, have any um, confusions or any um, agreement with the customer. And uh, I find that quite a lot of uh, service providers are sometimes prefer to, to let the customer lead and they hope that the customer will like what they are doing because that's what he wanted, isn't it? Right. And, and you know the way I see it, though, it's almost I feel like when a service provider does that, they're trying to, you know, transfer accountability onto the customer so that they can always say, well, this is what you asked for. Hmm. And, 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 and it really feels like a cop out to me. And, and again, that's why we have made that an important part of our culture and, the, and our customer dynamic that we do not fall into that. We don't we do not transfer accountability back to the client. We own that accountability and we own the work that we put before them. Love it. And now I would like you to share with us what is um, the story of your greatest, most significant uh, success as a result of the right customer focus or something that you did right about approaching your customers? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, our business development model with, with Flackable is, um, I think, unique in a way that I haven't made a single cold call since I started this. All of my new business has been inbound from my very first client. Who yeah, from found- your very first client <laughs> that came to you. That's, that's it, fantastic. It, it, exactly. Um, so when, when I approach customers, it's, it's never me proactively going out to pursue the business, or at least to date, it hasn't been. You know, could that change down the road for us? Of course. Um, if we see opportunities to, to, to pursue our growth goals in a different way, we're, we're, we're going to analyze those. Um, but it's always clients coming to us with problems. And, you know, and, and, and at that point, we get to be or potential clients coming to us with with problems or, or with goals they need to accomplish. So I always like to take the doctor approach. They're coming to me with one issue or another or something that they need to improve upon. And I don't sell to them. I prescribe mm. solutions to them. They're coming to me because they know I'm an expert and I have insight to share. And I'll prescribe solutions. And And if the solution is us engaging with them in a contract and And yeah. leading those efforts and doing the work ourselves, that's what I prescribe. And, and if I sense that we're not the right fit, I'll make that prescription as well. So um, I think a lot, of, um, a lot of clients or prospective clients I speak with appreciate that approach quite a bit. And, and I would say from, from all of the business leads that we get, our, our conversion weight rate is quite good. Um, hmm. you, you know, um, And, and so that would absolutely be a success. 
um, is just the high conversion rate as as a result of our inbound marketing strategies and um, you know my approach to to business development. How do you build that? I mean, everyone wants today. Everyone is talking today about inbound marketing, and yet it takes uh, quite a long time and quite a lot of. Especially entrepreneurs are not reaching the point where their customers are approaching them. How do you build that? How did you build this credibility from the beginning, and where your customers find you? Yeah, so you know for for a lot of businesses, now naturally, every industry is going to be a little bit different as as far as where where the opportunity is and and what's going to bring business to them. I could say for for a lot of surface based businesses, though, you know, like ours and and like the clients that we represent, um a lot of it starts with the website. I have you know, I have financial advisory firms who've been around for ten plus years, and they'll tell me, oh, well, you know we The website's not that important. we 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 never get any any inquiries through the website. And I'll look at their website and say, "Well, of course you don't, because all you have is a tiny little contact us tab hidden at the very bottom or or very top of the site. Um, and then I talk to them about how they can build lead generating tools right into that home page of their website so that at least they're turning and converting a portion. Of their regular website traffic into leads and, and into business inquiries um, so that's all that's always going to be a good place to start start with the website I'll tell you what I mean some companies will come to us and um, interested in pu- our public relations services and I'll look at their website and I'll say guys I would love to work with you on the PR side but you've got you've got bigger bigger mm-hmm. branding uh, initiatives to tackle first if, if you're going to see any results or you know any any meaningful results from our PR efforts and and it's oftentimes getting their website rebuilt and you know making it a modern modern you know functional website that they can be proud of actually I uh, first of all I do agree of course and actually it's so fantastic because back then a few years ago, We didn't have such a thing like website to every one of us, and most of us don't have a store, so this is our store today, and people don't really know how to use it for the best sometimes it's It's such a great thing that we have a presence out there, and everybody can learn and read and see who we are absolutely. Can you recommend the best and most effective technological or digital tool that's related to customer focus marketing or sales yeah so if if we're talking about specific tools um I'm a big believer in uh a piece of search engine optimization technology called moz um mm. moz is i mean I've tested a lot of different products that are out there, and just the intelligence um that moz gives you uh the ease of use going through the platform and 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 the specific you know results that we've seen from adapting that technology into our practice both for our own search engine optimization initiatives yeah. for flackable but also on behalf of our clients i mean the case studies we've put together. Ever since integrating that technology have have been just just remarkable. Um, now, 
if you're bringing on a piece of technology like that, you need somebody who knows how to use it. So, <laughs> so it, I, I wouldn't tell every business owner to go out and license it because it's not going to work itself. Um, you need somebody who's taking that intelligence that you're gaining from it and applying that in a practical sense. Hmm. I love that because actually nobody talked about most and I, I'm familiar with them. Nobody talked about it. Nobody recommended most before. So it's a great opportunity that you're talking about it. And, um, you know, we've got a lot of factors that actually affect one's success. However, I believe that any one of us has their unique factor that really help them win, really works for them. And I want to ask you, what is your key success factor? What helped you to win? Yeah, I would say for me, and, and this goes back to even before I, I, I started my business, um, it was practicing what I preached. And it worked out especially well for me as an entrepreneur, because what I preached was public relations and digital mm. marketing. Um, and by practicing that myself, I was able to build a brand very quickly. Um, you know, within my first year of business, I made the Adweek PR professional 30 under 30 list, which was a game, oh. which was a game changer for my business. Um, it is. um, you know, some of the other early recognition that we received as a company gave us instant legitimacy. Whereas for other entrepreneurs, gaining legitimacy and gaining the respect of your peers and prospective clients, or even just to have them know who you are, can be quite a challenge and can right. take a long time of right. chipping away. So we were able to do it quickly by practicing what we preach. And I think also just from gaining business development and, and, and distinguishing our, our, our agency among prospective clients. Um, very few agencies who do what we do or do things similar to what we do, in my opinion, do a very good job of practicing what they preach. So there are a lot of public relations agencies out there who don't engage with the press themselves, who aren't thought leaders. They don't, they're never on TV or, or never even, you know, having a chat like you and I are right now. Hmm. Um, and, and it's really remarkable. Um, you know how, and, and their excuse is always that, well, we're we're too busy working on our our, our clients' accounts to sure. <laughs> spend it, to spend any 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 time on it ourselves. And my response to that is, well, if it's not important for your business to prioritize for yourself, if it's not worth it for you to invest any time or money into your own public relations, why should they pay you and invest their time and money into you sure. to do it for them? So that excuse just never sat well with me. So when I started it, I always knew practicing what we preach would be a big part of our culture. And and again, it's, it's really helped us stand out. And when we talk to new clients, they can even look at us as a case serve as a case study for the services we provide. Sure. And, and I think that's had a powerful impact. It is very powerful impact. And again, it's something that you know already, but having the opportunity to have customers reaching out to you, it's such a privilege before, even before you, you started to look for them. And uh, it's such a privilege. And I guess one of the reasons it happened so early is because you were out there and they found you. My last question is my mountain question. Since I believe that this journey that 
we as marketers and any brand, any company do in building their presence and their brand in the mind of the customer is like climbing a mountain step after step after step first of all build the awareness and then making them trust us and want to buy uh, our product it's like climbing a mountain and then when you reach the peak there is another mountain and I love to ask my guests whether they ever climb the mountain or wish to climb a mountain or or have any relationships with mountains at all. And usually I talk about physical mountain, as my listeners know, but it can be the metaphor as well. Yeah, so, so I'm a city boy, so I, <laughs> I don't have a lot of uh, mountain experience to share with you, but, uh, but from a metaphorical sense, um, it's funny. When, when, I, when I quit my job to, to, to start this business, I, I, I compared it to jumping off a cliff. <laughs> That's exactly what it felt like. And once I jumped off that cliff, I started climbing a new mountain. And, and that mountain has been this business and this journey and growing a business, establishing a brand and bringing an innovative vision to an industry that was you know, direly in need of innovation. Um, so I'm definitely on that climb right now. I'm nowhere near the top. We've got a long hmm. way to go, but I'm very proud of how far we've gotten so far, and, and, and I'm, ex- I'm excited to continue on up. Do you know what is the top for you? Did you figure it out already? I, you know, I really haven't, um, but, but uh, I'm just going to keep climbing and, and, and figure it out. The journey, sure. Brian, I enjoyed it so much, and I want to ask you, What is the best way to connect with you for any of our listeners that will, would like to be in touch? Yes. So I, I encourage everybody to, to visit our website uh, that is flackable.com. I tweet a lot and I would love for you to follow yeah. me at Brian Hart PR. Um, and if you'd like to learn a little bit more about my work, the services that we provide, you're more than welcome to, to email me directly at... And that email address is Brian at flackable.com. And we'll have all the links in the show notes of this interview. And Brian, I would like to thank you. I enjoyed this conversation very much. I think you are, you are very bright with what you are bringing about PR and about approaching customers. And I love that. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on. Thank you so much. And take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Rich or Miss Episode 96 Hey Richards, it's Monday morning and I'm so so happy to be here with you again. Don't forget that we are starting on Sundays, so I guess my Monday mornings are brighter than yours. But I hope this episode will help you to start the week. This is our 96th episode, and we are planning for you some great things towards our 100th episode. In the meantime, go to richomis.com. You will find there a lot of blog posts and all the earlier episodes, and you might also like to download one of my free guides, the mini online course of choosing the best name and logo for your business. Or the guide of the seven elements that will help any entrepreneur to generate more revenues and become a leading brand 
all the six proven steps to create, present, and convince investors in your go-to-market strategy. As for today's episode, I believe you would love this episode with Brian Hart. I did. Because besides his entrepreneurial fast success story, he gives some excellent information and tips regarding SEO and PR in a slightly different way than you can usually find or even than I heard before. So enjoy this episode and I'll meet you next Monday. Bye! And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.